When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon on the show today. We'll get into a little Big 12 basketball. Texas played on Monday, so we don't have much to recap there. But there's other games that happened last night and games happening tonight, so we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into some NBA talk as well as I want to get into, as we get close to the draft, uh, to the trade deadline, I want to get you a little bit more caught up uh, on what some teams could be doing and the Texas teams is where we'll be at talking about those. Uh, we'll also get in to the new hiring. Uh, another head coach is uh, hired, so leaving only one team without their head coach. Some more Jerry Jones talk, some good news for the Texans, and a little look at some quarterbacks available in the NFL as well. We'll get to all of that and a whole lot more, including your text messages, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number uh you guys drive the show we just try to keep it on the rails and what that means is that i try and read everybody's text on the show i try to get to everybody if we have time to get to everybody we try and read all of them we keep the show rolling right along and we like to have you guys join in we'll have the big fat poll of the day that you can join in on we'll have uh different uh questions for you throughout the day different topics anything you want to talk about though text it in and we'll see if we can swerve off and uh keep this keep the show going wherever you want because it's all about what you guys want in the end that's what we're trying to provide for you here on the sports complex it is another great day here uh for Texas fans, for sports fans on a Wednesday as we're wrapping up, getting closer to the end of football, basketball's going strong. And I know some of you, uh, it may not be the best news that you're getting back to basketball. Baseball's getting closer. But basketball is in full effect in the Big 12 rolling right along. Uh, last night, we had some games in the Big 12. Uh, uh, big game number 15, Texas Tech. Taking on number 25, TCU. Uh, 
TCU gets the win 85-78 in that game. TCU ends up basically being able to do this. This is a matchup for Texas Tech. They needed to uh, get to the free throw line. Kansas uh, TCU had committed a lot of fouls. They needed to get uh, turnovers from uh, TCU. Both those things did not happen. They actually flipped a different script. Uh, TCU was only nine turnovers. They ended up with 12 offensive rebounds. But the big difference was Texas Tech only got 14 free throws. TCU made 24. They were 24 for 32 from the free throw lane. Were able to keep getting to the free throw line. Texas Tech commits 12 fouls in that game. They shot really well. Texas Tech did, shooting 51% from the field, 50% from three. Wasn't enough, though, because TCU just kept getting to the free throw line. Uh, and knocks off Texas Tech there, 85-78. to 78. It is at home, and then we know home court advantage in the Big 12 is a very real thing, which is one of the reasons why people are upset with Texas losing those games at home. However, this is, you know, you've got to keep rolling right along. But yeah, it is every road game in the Big 12 is going to be tough as time keeps going. Uh, but Oklahoma, no problems going into Kansas State last night. Number 23, Oklahoma, uh, upsets uh, Kansas State, or I guess not upset their rank, but 73-53. to 53. Uh, basically, OU played really good defense. This was one of those games where that defense really started off great. Uh, OU held Kansas State to 30% from the field, 14% from three. And uh, if you see those numbers, you realize you're probably going to be losing those games. Uh, even at home, K-State just never got it going against Oklahoma, and they lose 73-53. to And Oklahoma State rolled into Kansas. Not enough firepower there. They shoot 30% from the field, 27% from three. Meanwhile, Kansas, 57% from the field and 44% from three. K.J. Adams goes perfect 7-for-7 seven seven in the game, 16.6 assists as Kansas gets the win. They needed. This was a good game for them to bounce back, and those are the games you look at with Texas going to have to keep dealing with uh, where when you have those opportunities, which is why West Virginia, why UCF, why those games are so disappointing because you know it is such a gauntlet of ranked teams and really good basketball teams that when you play a still good team but not a great team, you really have to go implement your will and be able to go out there and get a win. They just weren't the right team they needed to be. I think they're getting closer to where they need to be, but those losses are going to loom very large uh, as time rolls on. Uh, so... We see Kansas gets that win when they need to. At home against Oklahoma State team, they get their win. Baylor trying to get a big win tonight. Number 18, Baylor going to UCF. It's another one of those road games and a game where they play two different styles of basketball. UCF is all about defense. Baylor is all about offense. Baylor's offense has struggled the last couple games. They've lost their last three games. So we'll see if Baylor can get back on track tonight and uh, get it going against UCF. But that'll be a big game for uh for Texas fans to watch because you know you've you've beaten one of these teams, you lost to the other, so uh, you need to kind of see how this shapes out. You kind of like to see Baylor continue to win, so that quad one win and that good win continues to show up. Uh, and I think that is uh, Baylor will probably go ahead and win this game. UCF's defense is really good, but I think Baylor, you know, they've been stretching down, and that offense seems a little bit more high powered, and they play good enough defense. And I'm not sure UCF who has really struggled offensively in a lot of games this year, is going to be able to get it done. But that'll be a fun game to watch tonight. Uh, some NBA talk as well. Uh, go over to the NBA. Uh, all three NBA teams for this uh, Texas are in action tonight. The Magic are at the Spurs. This is not a great matchup for the Spurs. They've been playing pretty well recently. But this is another young team that is just a couple more years in the rebuild, kind of like those OK State games where you know it may be close, but I don't think for four quarters – 
Uh, San Antonio may have the depth, especially with Keldon Johnson and Zach Collins both being game-time decisions tonight. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have the depth to compete with the Magic team. It will be fun to watch some Paolo Bancaro versus Wimby. We'll see that matchup. I'm sure some uh, Franz Wagner versus uh, Wimby as well will be another fun matchup to watch. Those young star players that are building up in the league uh, see them battle against each other. Jeremy Sohan is going to have to bounce back from a pretty bad game the other night against the Wizards uh, to go up against, again, Wagner and Paolo Bancaro, who are both really good players. Uh, if he can bounce back for that, but not a great chance for the Spurs tonight, uh, just being able to play four quarters with a team who's been building a few more years uh, than the Spurs have, who are basically this is year one of the rebuild now that you've got Wimbenyama. And I know they got Keldon, they got Sohan, and they got Vassell. So there are other pieces there, but the rest of the team, Orlando's a few years ahead of you on all of that. Uh, Mavericks are at the Timberwolves tonight. Kyrie and Luka are both out for this game, which should tell you all you need to know about the best team in the West right now, the Minnesota Timberwolves, or one of the best teams in the West, we'll say, one of the best records in the West. Uh, Kyrie and Luka being out, uh, you know, you'll you'll see the rest of the team try and bounce together. They'll probably hang in uh, through the first half, but once it gets in that fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter, it looks like it'll probably be over uh, for the Timberwolves getting a win there. Uh, I know the Spurs just beat the Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards... Uh, you know, he loses that game, they lose another game, and they comes out and yells about the referees and gets a $40,000 fine today. So I'm sure he's going to want to go out there and show what's up uh, tonight against, uh, you know, not the star players in Kyrie and Luka. And finally, let's get to a little Rockets because the Rockets are what I want to talk about of the trade deadline. Uh, the Pelicans are taking on the Rockets tonight. The Pelicans dropped uh, two to the Rockets already this season. Zion's a game-time decision. The Rockets feel like they're heading in a better decision, and that's because Jabari Smith Jr. is back, and while he hasn't been a star, he's been a good player. Alperen Shingun has been pretty much the star player. Fred Van Vliet's been okay, but not great so far this season. Uh, you know, not necessarily the, worth the contract they gave him, but a good piece, uh, part of that uh, that collective there in Houston. Tar Eason's been good. He's still hurt. Uh, I don't believe he'll be back for this game. Uh, but those are some good players. Jalen Green, though, had been struggling. His name was floating around on those trade blocks. We get into some talk about the Rockets and where they may be headed as we get into some trade talk as the trade deadline looms on February 8th that the Rockets now, uh, all reports are that Ime Odoka is dead set on we got to make the playoffs. They are one game right, or two games out, I believe, right now from the play-in. They're the team first out of the play-in. Uh, they're one spot out of the play-in, we should say. And they have a real shot to at least make the play-in. And if they continue to grow in the second half and stay healthy, that there's a team that could make a run to get into that 9-8 seed range where you know, you're a little bit safer. And if you get in that 8 seed, then you have the advantage in the play-in as well. That's a big difference that you can get into. And that's where Ime Adoka is heading in his first year. He wants to accelerate this rebuild. The Houston staff, because it has been so long, really wants to accelerate this rebuild. But to do that, you're not sure this team is going to be able to do it, so you're going to have to make a trade. And that's where they're starting to look at positions that they may be able to help and who they might ship out in in case they are able to get a bigger star. Now, reports are they're not looking at Zach Levine. Uh, and if you're not looking at a guy like Zach Levine, then that's probably where you're not going to be shipping out your best players to go get somebody. Uh there was conversations today uh, that seems like that the Nets have turned down. That today the Rockets, uh, the reports are that the Rockets were in uh, serious conversations for Mikhail Bridges, 
And the Rockets, of course, still have a lot of Nets picks that they got in that James Harden trade that are very attractive to the Nets to say, we can give you back your picks and you'd be able to go ahead and go, you know, start to rebuild your franchise a little bit better. But we want one of your pieces. And they've asked for probably the biggest piece, which is Mikael Bridges. The Nets have apparently turned that down and said Mikael Bridges is not on the table. I believe him and Nick Claxton would be the two that are not on the table. And then I'm sure they called him and said, well, you will give you Ben Simmons. <laughs> Everyone said, no, no, thank you. Uh, but there are some other guys on that team. So I, I'm sure they will continue the conversations through February 8th of, hey, you know, maybe maybe you call us up because if you had Mikael Bridges to this lineup where, you know, you put him in and maybe move Jalen Green to the bench or, you know, you maybe I don't know if Dylan Brooks would be able to move to the bench and keep his mind right. And he's been playing well enough for them this season. Uh, but to add a Mikael Bridges to this lineup – that is just a little bit more experience than some of those other guys can do everything for you and play that perimeter defense that you really want. Mikael Bridges would be a huge addition to this Rockets team and really seem to boost them into that. They can get into the the 8-9 seed range, maybe even the 7th seed if they really, really uh, go for it. But I think that 8-9 seed is a little bit more reasonable. Uh, then you could look, though, and say, well, maybe if we give up one of those picks, is one of those picks worth a Cam Johnson or a Dorian Finney-Smith, where Cam Johnson, where he's a pretty decent defender and hits those threes, was a big part of Phoenix looking good for those years before he gets traded off in the Kevin Durant trade. Do we look at Cam Johnson and maybe give up one of those picks? Not all, you know, not a ton, but one of them. Uh, do you give up for Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, who is playing well for the Mavericks, goes over to the Nets and kind of fits into the same slot there do you find a spot for him where he can be your one of your top perimeter defenders? And if that's what you're looking for, the Nets are an obvious choice for you to do business with because you have their picks, and they're very eager to get them back. They'd love to make a deal. Unfortunately, the Rockets are kind of holding the chips in this one uh, because they don't have to go all in this season. They don't have to go all in for it, so they're not going to. Another name uh, tied to the, the, the Rockets right now is Malcolm Brogdon. He was playing with the Celtics when Ime was up there as their coach. He is in Portland. He is clearly on the trade block as one of the older guys there in uh, Portland. And Malcolm Brogdon is an interesting name to bring in because you have a Fred Van Vliet, but you also could use him and keep a field general on the court when you have such a young team to make sure that you never have, you're never playing without that experienced point guard that you trust and can play some defense and can do a lot of things. And, and, you know, he's not the same type of player as Fred Van Vliet, so he could use him to change it up. But bringing in another veteran voice into this lineup to try and help out and help this team get a little bit more consistent as you play throughout games so you don't have a lull where you may give up, you know, a 7-0 run in the second quarter and you end up losing by four. And if you look back, you can say, well, if we didn't just give up two turnovers right there that turned to two quick, easy threes, well, we're striding in that game. So Michael Brogdon, yet another name to look for in that Rockets uh, trade, in the trade deadline for the Rockets, someone you could probably get for not too much. They definitely have the draft capital to give up to go get a Malcolm Brogdon if the Rockets want to go after that way. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other names. One of the big things they'll address, and probably something they will address, it would be more surprising that they don't do anything than get somebody to be a low-pros rim protector. Because as good as Alperin Shingun is, one of the reasons he was looked over is he is not a big rim protector. And if you're putting him in that 6'11", 7-foot spot where he's not really fast enough defensively to play the four, 
you know, you still want to bring in somebody. So you're kind of thinking if you get someone who could play a little bit, maybe four or a five and maybe put him in and stretch a little bit, the rim protectors, there are some rim protectors available. Uh, so they could be looking for a Kelly Olenek, uh, who was played with the Rockets before, could stretch the floor a little bit more for them. Uh, if they bring him in or you go it the other way and you go with a Clint Capella, who had spent time in Houston before, and maybe that's a way you look at. Andre Drummond is apparently on the block in Chicago after getting a little bit better, and I know he feels like he's been around the league forever, uh, but he is somebody that just never got to the level he sh- you know, we all thought he could, but he has gotten better and better and better each season. That's another one. And then an interesting one that's not going to help you this season, but if you can get him on the cheap, especially if you throw him in on a Malcolm Brogdon deal or you try and put him in, you know, a, a deal with the uh, – with the uh, with the Trailblazers to bring him in, if you bring in Robert Williams, and maybe that's a deal where you bring in a Malcolm Brogdon and a Robert Williams uh, from Portland and give up some picks, and you don't get him this season, and you try and play out this season, but now you added Malcolm Brogdon this season, and you tr- and you add a Robert Williams next season, who will be able to come in and somebody that I feel would play better with Shingun and the fact that he's just not going to be able to play huge amounts of minutes. We know Robert Williams has never been able to be healthy long term. He's getting basically taking the year off this year to have the surgeries and and get some things fixed to try and help him stay on the court a little bit more. But that's an interesting one just to, if you want to make a deal with the Trailblazers that you have some picks to help them re, you know expedite their rebuild and you're trying to expedite, you know, you're in a different spot of your rebuild. You've been going for years. You have the young guys and and that you feel are good and Tari Eason and Cam Whitmore and uh Chingoon and and Jabari Smith Jr., and if you're going to keep Jalen Green, those are all guys to look at. And the Jalen Green question, too, is you've had him for a few years now. You know that his contract will come up sooner rather than later. And if you're saying, well, we're not going to pay him near what he wants, like we, we're not in the ballpark. We can already tell you we've talked to his people, and they want to be closer to a max, and we don't feel he's that player because his, his numbers are already dipping when we get the new coaching. And now they picked up the last few games. Uh, then you know you may put him out on the trade block and see if you can get somebody else in there, or try you know if you want to you know I don't think they're going to go out and get another draft pick for him or something like that. But it, it's an interesting proposition to see what they could do with the Jalen Green as we get closer. Because if you're Houston, you spent a bunch of money on Dylan Brooks and Fred VanVleet, and while Dylan Brooks is bringing intensity, he's bringing a different uh you know he's bringing a different culture in, helping Ime Adoka establish his. Fred Van Vliet, I think, is doing okay, but I don't know if he's been the the real spark plug that they hoped he'd been. Uh, you know, he didn't. It's not the biggest contract in the world, but it's probably bigger than he'd like to have. Now, on the last couple of years of it, it'll be a little bit better because we know the NBA, the salary cap keeps rising. But for the Rockets, you're in a good spot right now if you're a Rockets fan that this team has some good young talent on it. They're not necessarily superstars, but that's also you know a lot of people are saying that you know a lot of guys are actually looking at a lot of these players. Uh, or you know, like a Tari Eason or a or a Jabari Smith Jr. and they really want to go after them. Apparently, Tari Eason and Jabari just Smith Jr. are off the board. Uh, but Rockets ownership and Rockets general managers and Ime Odoka and people around the league kind of feel like, well, the Rockets just killed these rookies. They gave them no progression over the last couple of years, and so that's the reason why they're underperforming is because it was just such a you know, a bad place for young players to be the last couple of years that now they're starting to get there and you're basically resetting the clock on a lot of these guys, which unfortunately doesn't work with contracts. 
But around the league, the other people are looking at those guys and saying, well, if they came in here, we could get them to the next level. Just a lot of interesting stuff to look for uh, in the next week. We'll give you some Spurs looks and, and, and Mavs looks, and hopefully there will be more some more fun trades for us to talk about as well. But that was a little look at the Rockets because they are an interesting team right now at the trade deadline, a team that we didn't necessarily think was going to be a play-in team. And Ime Odoka has stated he wants to take them to the playoffs. So if, you wanna, if you're a Rockets fan, this is a fun time to watch to see if they make a big move and really try to shake things up and bring in some help to make this a Rockets team they feel can compete in a playoff series. That's really what you're looking to do and start to give these young guys experience because, again, as you say, they're so behind the eight ball with the progression of these players. If you could get a Jabari Smith Jr. and a Jalen Green and a Shingoon and Tari Eason and Cam Whitmore, so a playoff game or two or three or four, and even if you lose in your first round, if you make it in the first round and you make it past the play into the first round, just that experience of being in a playoff game and understanding you know, the preparations and all those pieces that go into being in a playoff and the pressure behind it and the intensity in a playoff game, all of that is, is a huge addition and a huge plus in developing your players. So I can see why Ume Adoka wants to get there because he wants to show them, hey, we want to play with the playoff intensity for 82 games in the regular season, but none of you know what playoff intensity is. So how can I tell you we want you to play with playoff intensity when that is a foreign term to you guys. You know, Jabari Smith can say, well, I played a couple of tournament games at Auburn. Jalen Green played in the G League, so he doesn't, I mean, you're not going to talk high school as the same as NBA playoffs as tarp of pressure because you're not on national television with cameras in your face and having to do interviews before and after and all that mental part of the game that you have to get more used to. Uh, so I think it's an interesting cause, and I, I think it's a good idea. I think Madoka has got, you know, he's looked like he's been the right guy so far there in Houston, uh, but a little recap there. And, uh, you know, I see we got a couple texts. We'll get to those in a minute. 512-447-3776. I figure we may get some others because I'm going to be, I'm going to rile you guys up with this one. But I, this is this is just because we have the haters on the text line. We have the haters going there. So this is what this poll is for you, the haters. This one's for you. Big fat poll of the day. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Big fat poll of the day today. 512-447-3776 is the text line. We've gone back and forth with the haters and, and people who are realists and people who are positive uh, about Texas basketball. But then there's always going to be people that if Texas basketball does not go undefeated and win every game by triple digits, then whatever that coach is probably shouldn't have been allowed to ever even touch a basketball in his life. And I know that's not what they think, but that's what they text in. And that's the stuff that they're garbage and they're worst and they're, and it's just nonsense. But I'm going to give you the opportunity to make a rational statement. I'm going to give you the opportunity to make a rational statement. When I ask you the poll of the day, who do you want to be the head coach of Texas basketball next year? Now, when I say that, I don't want you to say Bobby Knight. I don't want you to say something that is impossible to happen. I don't want you to say, well, you know what I like? I'd like to go get the best coach in college basketball because he ain't coming to Texas. He's going to stay where he's at. You're not getting Hubert Davis. Mike, Mike Krzyzewski ain't coming over. Roy Williams ain't coming over. Bill Self is not leaving Kansas to go to the SEC with Texas. You can't go with those names. Scott Drew's not leaving uh, Baylor. So I need you to give me a realistic name of someone who's on a coaching a team that may want to go and come to Texas 
Tell me, send me that name. If you think Rodney Terry is was such a bad hire, was one of which I've read on the text line, one of the worst hires in Del or the worst hire that Chris Del Conte has made is what I've read on the text line. I do not agree with that. And I don't, I mean, I couldn't tell you who the worst is right now. I think he's done a good job. Uh, but I'm not gonna put him that Rodney Terry. What a mistake. That's that's all silliness to me. So I'm giving you the chance, haters. This is your chance. Give me, give me reality in this. Give me a real thing, or or we just know that you guys don't have any conversation. You don't you don't know what you're talking about in basketball because you don't know another coach that it could be. So you have to go prove it to me, guys. And if you guys want to say Rodney Terry, say Rodney Terry. If someone out, if you if you guys are rational and you say, yeah, you shouldn't hire a coach and then fire him the next year because roster management is weird and he lost one to Ron Holland to the, the G League and uh, that was supposed to be a, a pivotal part of your team and then also you've got top recruits coming in next season. You don't want to lose those. It'll be a new team next season. We'll see what Rodney Terry can do and he's just went to overtime with the number four team in the country and I know you don't want to lose at home and I know you want to be in that conversation for number four, but you're not there right now and you still took him to, no, to overtime. If you want to be in that the Rationals group, then we can say Rodney Terry. And that's all you got to say. Rodney Terry, of course, it's the guy. And you text in your reasons. But I, I want you to text in coaches that you legitimately think, no, this coach, that's the guy we should go after. Text in it. That's poll day. 512-447-3776. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, play some sound from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie, talking about the Dallas Cowboys and all the fun that is happening behind the scenes there in Dallas. Uh, we'll get to that when we come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons on The Horn. Back on the sports complex here on the horn, playing Grammy Award winners with double-digit Grammy wins all weekend, uh, all week as we get ready for the Grammys on the weekend. And so we had to play Quincy Jones. He is up there with, I think, over 20 Grammys, Somewhere, a, lot, a lot of Grammys for Quincy Jones as the producer and orchestral and then his own. So we were playing some Quincy Jones because we're playing Grammy winners uh, with double-digit wins all week as a musical theme of the week here on the sports complex course i mean i know i'm making everybody put that in their head and thinking about austin powers too i'm sure uh but <laughs> some good music there deck signs open 512-447-3776 big fat poll of the day who do you think should be the texas men's basketball coach next season and you got to give me a real answer you know i i think it's rodney terry i think that answer is easy but some of you guys out there don't think he should coach next you don't think he should coach saturday some people think why he shouldn't have been hired we should get rid of him immediately we should stop the season down. Shouldn't play basketball anymore until we get a real coach in there. 
That's what some of you guys think, apparently, on the text line. I'm not that crazy, but you guys are. So, you know, I'm giving you a chance. I'm giving you a chance to redeem yourselves and prove yourselves that you got real good and you got a real great name of, man, this guy, and this is the reason, and, and I'll tell you why he should be great. So I'm expecting to see some of those there on the text line because you guys seem to be sure about it. You seem to know a lot. 512-447-3776. I want to play this sound from Hook'em Up and the Rod B. It's a replay here on the on the sports complex. Uh, talking a little uh, Cowboys and NFL here uh, on a Hook'em Up replay on the sports complex. All right, a couple of topics here. Uh, shout out to my man CB at Chris GB002000. I was doing a great job as kind of an unofficial producer. We've talked about the Cowboys um, culture right now and how uh, toxic it seems, fan base in disbelief, um, and, and the players' families coming out and speaking publicly about some of the issues the Cowboys have. Uh, remember we talked about Tad Prescott, Dak Prescott's brother, who uh, tweeted out after the loss to the Packers, Cowboys fans, why continue to DM me? Now, this is in regards to other stuff. This is rumors about the NFL. So he's not talking directly about the game. He's talking about the rumors and all the talk about Dak Prescott and how limited he is and Dak Prescott's and, uh, you know, he's a guy that can't win the big game and he doesn't have the clutch sheet and all that kind of stuff. And he, people, Cowboys fans, obviously reach out to him. And his uh, statement via Twitter was, Cowboys fans, why continue to DM me? Trust me, if I could get Dak to leave Dallas, I would. I, too, want him out of Dallas. The city and organization have been great to he and our family, but done with drama and the so-called fans. But he loves this team and wants to bring it rings. That was Tad Prescott after the game. And then remember Terrence Parsons, Michael Parsons' brother, he tweeted, he quote tweeted a a Pro Football Focus article and that was talking about the highest graded defenders from the – the, the weekend, uh, that wild card weekend, and they mentioned Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner as the highest graded uh, defenders from that game. And his quote tree was, this is why Micah at linebacker first and second down with the option to rush the passer is what we will always need, and we pay him what he's worth regardless because we want to win championships. He also went on to say um, that I can't uh, – basically, I can't wait because y'all are really clueless out here. L- in, laugh my blank off the greatest crimes to this man talking about his brother is being done by his own organization y'all gonna miss him when he gone i don't even know why he's talking about michael parsons potentially being gone um and then remember that was cd lamb's mom who went on facebook (laughs) to say in all caps dak isn't it (laughs) and uh in addition to that she said they need to get rid of his blank it's guys on that team that wants a ring they work too hard um and that's family. That's family members of very notable players. That's some of your best players. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Parsons, Dak Prescott, adding to the toxicity. Well, now apparently there's another family member that's decided to step up. Shots my man CB. Oh, boy. Yeah, Michael Parsons' mama. No. Yeah, Micah's mama. Micah's mama's in it now. Micah has not responded to the Jesse Holly comments. We talked about the Jesse Holly comments. If you haven't heard them, just to summarize them, essentially – he said, uh, Michael Parsons, to me, this is just me, is probably the most selfish player on this football team. One of the reasons why Michael Parsons does not want to play linebacker, it's too much of a responsibility. Um, and he also went on to say that he doesn't study as much as he should. And he criticized him for not cultivating camaraderie amongst the teams, and he doesn't have players over to his house. Very specific things that, trust me, as a former player, 
it's okay to critique and criticize, but unless you got firsthand knowledge or unless that is coming from a source you truly trust, the call is coming from inside the house kind of thing, then you can't just go on you know, national media, national TV, or go on a public platform and dog a player to the extent. You can hint around it when you got you know, ideas and sources about what's going on, but unless you have direct knowledge, to get that specific is dangerous, which means... I think he had I think he had direct knowledge because Jesse Allen actually does really good work. And usually he's not going to throw something out there just, you know, willy nilly, frivolously just throwing it out there unless he's got something to back it up. So here's what Michael Parsons mom had to say in response to Jesse Holly's comments. She went on social media and said, <clears throat> uh, this is a this is this take is funny how someone can assume something about someone they never talk with. Michael wants to play DN <clears throat> and linebacker. How often has he said he wanted to be, quote, the chess piece? He doesn't know we have the D-line over for dinner and the chef cooks help build camaraderie and the defense. They do a D-line dinner every Thursday. How many times have they shown him on the sidelines assisting other players or they went to the boxing gym together? He even recruited other D-line players to train with him uh, this offseason to help him improve, help them improve as a unit. He watches film and do people realize as players they have to be at practice and meetings for 10 plus hours most days. Uh, the only day they have off is Tuesday. He doesn't see the sacrifice treatments and therapy he does when he gets off work and try and keep his body healthy and regroup from getting banged up. How many times he got hurt and went back out to play. He could have stayed out. He went back in to try to get a win for his team. Micah doesn't like losing. He's angry after a loss. He's angry when he feels he could have played or done better. That's not a selfish player. Yes, he wants to be the best at what he does, make it to the Hall of Fame, or win defensive player of the year. Is it a crime to want to achieve great things in life? You want someone on your team who wants to go to win a Super Bowl. He's manifesting, speaking about all, all those things all the time. He desires as a cowboy. So, Jesse, before you talk badly about someone, sit down with them and ask those questions before you assume. That's Micah's mama. Oh, and by the way, that was put out there. I believe uh, Terrence Parsons is the one that tweeted out his mom's message. So oh. his brother is the one that Terrence Parsons Jr. He said, when my mom's got to come in and say something, that's how you know y'all dead wrong in all caps. <laughs> and an emoji couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, I mean, as a, a student on that uh, conversation <laughs> we had yesterday about Jesse Holly and those comments, I mean, they were <laughs> so pointed. And so specific, which I guess would mean pointed. But at the same time, mm. if you're Jesse Holly and you're 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 rising in that career, that's dangerous. Um, you're going to ruffle the wrong feathers unless you have it on great authority, mm -hmm. and unless it was like you. you I don't know. We, we, you know, we're opinion makers. That's what we do. I've done it for a long time in this market. You have to, you know, take the good with the bad. You got to make comments about football mm -hmm. coaches and basketball coaches, and um, you, then you got to see them and cover them, and you know, this is how that goes. That's just, that's just the way of this industry. You got to be critical, right? You got to call like you see it, or else you're not going to last for long. Uh, but you know, in, in Dallas, where the Cowboys are king, no matter what the Rangers do or the Mavericks do, and you're Jesse Holly who played on that team. I mean, you're calling out the best piece of the team, yep, in real specific manner, yep. And um, I, there's got to be a motive to it. I guess is the point. There's got to be. You don't just do that because, you, you know, you woke up on the day you're doing your podcast and you want to talk about Michael Parsons. This was, I don't want to say, is choreographed the word or is – He went on for like five minutes. Yeah, it was – It was alone. There's a reason for <laughs> it. 
And so I don't, I mean, it was, we've speculated maybe it came from someone within the organization that wants that message out there. Because mm-hmm. um, Jesse Howley knew he was going light to a, light a fire here. He's a former player. He knows that. He knows what this is going to, he knows it's going viral that we're all going to be talking about this across the country. Yeah. Well, and here's the problem Well, for him, if he's, is what he's doing, podcasts and media, well, he's going to be persona non grata, not just with Micah Parsons for that whole locker room. Exactly. So and he's he knows gonna, that. Yeah, well, okay. So he's, he's excommunicating himself from the locker room in real time to, to achieve what? I think to get a message out there that maybe someone on the inside wants out there and it's someone high up because, like you said, why risk yeah. your credibility with the guys and, and risk your – obviously, your standing with the players with, with this message because – you know what I mean? Because I don't know if the – obviously no players are going to be on your side with this message. To me, that would be coming from either front office or coaching. Oh, for sure. And, but the right. question is, if I'm Jesse Holly and I'm no longer a player and I'm in media now, yeah. i got to be careful here because yeah. you want me to say what? Well, I don't want to do that. Use somebody else to be your vehicle um, because what am I getting out of this? What, I, well, exactly. He's going to get – there's a quid pro quo coming. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll get my – exactly. This is what this – this, no, I get you it. know this business well, that, side works. He's well, like, well, that's now. What I'm, that's what I'm wondering yeah. is what is the, the – This the, is a theory, by the way, folks. This is a theory by us. We're not – we don't have sources on this. this yeah, but is what, is, what is he going to get out of this? That's the next – that's my question. All right, what if he is doing this and, and you know, putting out the code red for the organization? We'll get insider info from now on from that person. Like, hey, man, well, you, know, you can always call me. I, I got you back. You need insider info on this? I'm your call. You got a true insider now. And which he already did, but I think most of his insiders were players. I think but, most of his information came from players, and maybe it won't come from players anymore, at least not from this locker room. That's what I'm thinking. And that's, that's <laughs> because as someone who does this and you're trying to weigh, okay, am I ready to burn this bridge to gain this bridge? Exactly. Uh, because that's, that's big, right? If you're, if you're no longer liked as a, from the player's side. From Mike. Mike is going to be there for 10, 10 years. Yes. <laughs> and he will forever hate you. Yeah. Um, for whatever the reason. Is that worth it? I, yeah. I don't know. That, that, and, and, that, I, that, that's a scale thing. I was like, okay, yes, I now have the uh, ultimate insider inside the, to bring the scoop. But, you know, I would have tried to leave that to someone in the media. Yeah, and say, and say, it does, say our, our conspiracy theory doesn't apply at all. Let's say it's not the calls are not coming from inside the house. This is Jesse uh, Holly acting alone and going rogue. Then what's the motivation to be, like you said, to be so pointed, to be so specific, and to the, for the critique to be, ooh, to be so hard, harsh. It's a harsh critique. You can, you, you can he, he knows how to soften it. We all know how to soften it. You can soften it. You've had things that you've been told that I can say it this way or I can soften it. I'm going to soften the edge on this thing a little bit. He could have softened the edge and said exactly what he said. As Craig Way once told me, it ain't what you say, it's how you say it. He could have said it a certain way. He did not. He said, selfish player. He went out of his way to say he does not does have players over to his house to cultivate camaraderie. Doesn't study. Doesn't study. These are – come on, man. He's in, he's in it for Micah. Right. You could have you could have you could have phrased that a different way. He did not. He chose. And Chess House is, is a. Trust me, he's a very articulate. He chose those words carefully. Yeah, because well, you know the next steps. I mean, Michael Parsons is going to have his mom jumping onto his brother's Twitter account <laughs> right? to refute it to protect her baby. And I would guess the next phase will be there's someone from the Cowboys that will come out and refute that and say, "Yeah, oh, that's not true. No, we support Mike 100." percent Well, so now with the your who's your who's your consumer? The people listening to your podcast. Well, now you're 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 screwed with both of them. Because oh, well, the, the organization's saying you're dead wrong, uh, Jesse. The players say you're dead wrong. His mama says you're dead wrong. Well, what do you write about? And then, then you have to come back with, okay, here's why I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's your proof? I mean, what's your evidence? Because your point of softening it, it could have been, hey, you know, I wish Micah would study a little more. Yeah. 
I wish Micah was a little more of a team guy and would have some people over. Those aren't th- those are just suggestions. As a former player, it would have been nice. He's going to have to be the leader of this team, tip of the spear. Talk about your experience. Your experience. Kind of, yes. Kind of, yeah. No, he wasn't. It's, that, that's that's when I heard it yesterday and thinking, whoa, there is an ends to a means here. But is then he? I started thinking, what is the what is the end? I don't know either. I what is either. the reason? It feels for like kind of everything coming out of the Cowboys organization right now is all mixed messaging. <laughs> None yeah. of it makes sense. You try to piecemeal it all together. It, it doesn't have really any, I don't know, it doesn't have any consistency to it, yeah. to what's coming out. Because you can't burn your source, but at the same time, you've now burned the locker room and your coverage of your ability to be in that locker room. Because I would think, and then knowing how this industry works, Rod, and you're the former player, I'm the radio guy. You know his 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 best relationship should be with the players. It is because when people tune, I think so. yeah, right. When so when yeah. people tune in to hear his show or whatever he does, they want to hear the player, player perspective. perspective and what are the players talking about. And um, you know this it's almost like it's really weird. That's a really weird. And Jesse Holly's a very liked guy. He's great. Yeah, I love his analysis. I listen to it all the time. Yeah. I still do. But that 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 shocked me. And I, I'm saying I wonder what the motivation. What's the mm-hmm. what's the motive there for? Yeah, him? what's the carrot for him to do that? It's is something. The question. It's something out there. And, just and, it up and I also would would ask him, is that worth it? Like, because you're going to lose a lot here, uh, as far as access to that locker room, access to players. You want guys to come on your show. Mm-hmm. Um, you want them to give you information where you need it. You know, going after is, is it right to go after the lion of the locker room? I mean, the 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 lion of the prairie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He's got his own podcast and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that is such an intriguing – this whole – this Cowboys thing, it, it's almost like it's, it's shaken. Uh, yep. There was such anticipation that this was the year they finally, you know, won the division, two home playoff games. Now we've got Jerry Jones out sending mixed messages all over the place. Hanging around the rim. Hanging around the rim. Jerry Jones said yesterday, good stuff there from Hook'em Up with Ian Rod Bay. And I, I will point out, just to be devil's advocates – for 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 Smalley, uh, that uh, there was the point that they was like, well, he doesn't want to be a linebacker, and and then the statement by the mom, she's like, well, he's a D line over, and he works out with the D line, he hangs out with the D line, like, well, I, I'm guessing all this stuff came from a linebacker then, who's like, I need help in the run game, and this dude is just running after the quarterback on a pass play, on a run play, but I'm not, you know, I I still think Michael Parsons is a pretty good player. Uh, I would not call him selfish or any of that. That's not what I'm calling him. Uh, I would uh, say that the, we're going to get to the text line. And we'll get to that when we come back. Big fat poll today. Who do you want to be in Texas basketball's coach next season? If you hate Rodney Terry that much, give me a real name. Or you can just say Rodney Terry and be with the rational people. But if you want to be a hater, I need a real name of somebody you can hire as a real coach. 512-447-3776. We'll get to those texts when we come back here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons only on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. 
playing Grammy winners Adele with a whole bunch over double digit Grammy winners all week in honor of the Grammys this weekend. Let's get to the text line 512 447 3776. I'm guessing we've got a few coming up here. Let's see. Uh, texter says, I think Clint Capella is the answer. Uh, I, I don't think if you were able to get him at the right price, I think he could be good. I'm curious how he fits in the lineup with Shingoon. Uh, I don't know. You know, if he gets that three point shot going, then yes, he's definitely a great player. You can stick in there. Uh, but again, that changes your lineup because if you're playing Capella and Shingoon, then do you put Jabari Smith on the bench or do you move him down to a small forward or do you try and put him in that second lineup and try and stretch it out? It's an interesting because they want to go after it. Uh, but I just don't know if Shingoon is your guy who's going on the inside. I think they're just not sure that Shingoon's style of play right now is necessarily the way to win long-term. If he doesn't start passing the ball a little bit more, he is a pretty dominant, ball-dominant guy. Once he gets it, he does not have a lot of assist, but he's a really good player. Uh, so the question is, if you get him, how much does that shake up your lineup going in? I think they're going to get somebody like that, and Clint Capella could be the right answer, uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, says Cam Whitmore's, uh, emergence is making it uh, tough on Jalen too. Guy is right on his heels and has been electric in limited minutes. Uh, there's some CP53. Yeah, I mean, that's you won't have the problem of having too many guys. The real problem with Jalen Green is that he was shooting and that was it. He wasn't trying to rebound. He wasn't playing really a lot of defense. He wasn't getting assists. And if you're not doing anything else and you just want to take shots, then no one on the team is going to try and get you the ball. And it just spiraled and went downhill. He's picked up on everything else now a little bit more in the last few weeks. And as long as he keeps picking up on everything else, the game will become a lot easier in him. Uh, Dexter says, in Rod, we trust for Rodney Terry. Uh, Arborn81 says, uh, Rodney, stand with Rodney. I like that one. Uh, Chan says, uh, I'm okay with RT, willing to write it through and give him the time. Chan, appreciate that. The rational, rational people. Uh, Nate Oates, Alabama coach would be my choice, but I'll give RT a chance and another choice. Chris Johns, uh, current head coach at Mississippi state. I, I don't think Nate Oates is necessarily the bigger guy. I think that's, you know, he may be able to do a little bit more. He was also pretty toxic when coming off of this season that I don't think you want to go from Chris Beard to him. If you're Texas and you're in the main spotlight, if you're in Alabama, it's a little bit easier to get away with. But once you put him at Texas and you're in the main spotlight, like you got to remember, the whole horns down thing should tell you how much of a spotlight Texas is in. That's something that dumb that shouldn't be a conversation is a national conversation that I, I'm not I, I'm not going there. And I know once we're going to the SEC, it may change, but I don't know if he, I, I can tell you that Mississippi State, uh, Chris Hans, is not the, the recruiter that Rodney Terry is. So coach-wise, maybe a little bit better, but not necessarily there. Uh Dex says, just want to start off your show right. Don't forget Ronnie Terry's despair, and don't get butthurt, Patrick. I was just messing with you. I know this is look, I wrote the poll today before you sent that in. I'm just telling you because we deal with this every day. And the reality is, what I'm asking this question for is because I know a lot of people, and this is not a shot at anybody, watch the Texas Longhorns men play basketball, and they don't watch a lot of other college basketball. And that's not a bad thing. I get it. It's hard to watch college basketball sometimes on teams you don't care about, especially if it's not a great matchup. You know, and then you get into the styles of basketball and the, depending on which conference it is. So I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody for not doing that. But I think if you're going to judge a coach based solely on, well, we're not winning games and we're only watching this very small window of the game, that's why I want you to go, no, give me the other coaches. So I appreciate the person who says Nate Oates uh, would be your choice and you'd still give Rodney the one. That, that's a real discussion. I mean, I wouldn't have made the move last year for sure. I would have taken the coach that went to the lead eight 
uh, with Rodney Terry. I would have taken that one. Uh, but that's – and I know you guys will not give him credit for the Elite Eight. I don't know why some people won't. It doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's a, a lapping – a gap in logic. Uh, let's see. Lorenzo says, I truly believe we need to give to- Coach Terry a chance to prove his capabilities. He hasn't even had a full season to recruit or coach. With that being said, if we had to get another coach after this season, then why not go for Bruce, per- Bruce Pearl from Auburn? He's been in the SEC long enough to know what it takes to get a job done, and he's done it with them in just a few years. Uh, been there says a lot. Bruce Pearl's a good coach. I'm not sure he would leave right now, and, uh, you know, he may, and you'd have to give him a ton of money, and once again, that's, you know, you're giving a a lot of money away, and this is Texas fans will always be like, we'll spend $200 million. Who cares? There, There is money you have to go get. Bruce Pearl's a guy, though, that I'm sure a lot of people would like. Uh, again, I, it's not necessarily <laughs> who I would – who I would go with, but I, I I think that's a good, that's a reasonable choice. That's a reasonable choice that Bruce Pearl. Now he is not consistently really great. You're going to have to deal with down years with Bruce Pearl too. And he is a lot, but he is a good coach. He is a good coach. I'll give you that. Uh, Avery Johnson, at least he could handle kids putting the horns down. Sybil, not cry like oversensitive Swifty. Okay. There's so much in that. First of all, Rodney Terry didn't cry. He told him not to do it to players faces. That part of context gets left out every single time. Hey, don't point like, it would be the same thing if Texas players went and just pointed in other people's faces or did the horns up into other people's faces. If you're doing it on the court, fine. If you go into the handshake line and do it, you shouldn't do it in the handshake line. That was the problem. It's been addressed. I know people get all upset about it. It's not a big story to Texas fans. I can tell you Rodney Terry's moved on. Everybody else has moved on. And the Swifty thing, I get it. I, I, I get it. If you want to, if you want to pretend that everybody now is, and like I, I don't, I don't know any Taylor Swift songs. By the way, I don't care. I just genuinely don't care. Just genuinely don't care. Uh, can Chris Beard come back? No, you cannot do the things he did or was accused of doing and reported of doing and be the head coach at a program where again somebody getting mad at another player for putting the horns down and then the BYU took the shirts off and it's a national story. Like you, you're in a spotlight at Texas at Ole Miss. You're not in a spotlight because the reality is no one on the East or the West coast or North, North America hates Ole Miss, but you know where they hate it in the East and West coast and in the North Texas for no reason, but they hate them. They hate them. They hate Texas because they ain't Texas. So they hate Texas. And and so everyone's going to post about it because either they love Texas or they hate Texas, or maybe they know one fan and that fan's annoying. So they they hate Texas now, or they love Texas because they love Kevin Durant and and those, there's people that love and hate Texas all across the country. And it's always going to be a national story. So to have people on there, you can't do what he did. Uh, Also, I mean, he's a, he's a good coach, but again, uh, you know, we can, we can dispute, we can debate whether Rodney Terry is a great coach and we'll see more of that as we go. The fact is to see him take a team to the elite eight, then have some struggles in his second season, which is his first full season and immediately go, what a terrible coach, what a horrible guy. I hope he, I hope they fire him by for the weekend. That is what's boggling my mind. Cause it's not a basketball move. It has nothing to do with basketball at that point. That's just my opinion. We're going to get more texts. I see more coming in. I want to keep hearing from you. I'll keep talking to you. I'll keep trying to figure out where you're coming from because I'm not sure I see it, but I'll keep trying to figure it out. We got to take a quick break. We'll come back, get to more of those texts, get some NFL talk here on the Sports Complex, an hour or two right here on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com.